Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Sean Oak. And I'm Laura Farley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, Laura, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? I am doing okay, too. Uh, I'm getting a little nervous about some of this last-minute uh, holiday shopping. You and me both. I am not even remotely close to being done. And <clears throat> I am one of those people that I am always looking for the good deal online, right? I'm trying to find something that seems really cool and different and then just cross my fingers and hope that it comes in time that I can get it wrapped up and under the tree. What about you? Yeah, uh, relying on Amazon Prime, uh, two-day shipping, uh, hopefully it comes through. So. And if you are more like me who doesn't always rely on Amazon and you look for those fun, cool, different things that are on unusual websites, this might be a really good episode for you to pay attention to. Indeed, because today we're going to talk about cybersecurity. So the FBI has said that email account compromise has been the number one type of fraud every year since 2017. Yes, for six straight years, email account compromise has been the number one type of fraud. In 2021, business email compromise scams led to $2.4 billion in losses for victims. That's nearly twice the next closest crime category. And the average loss per person is $71,488. Wow, that's a lot. During a presentation at NARS Risk Management Committee, an FBI agent said that the average take for a bank robbery is $4,000. So cybercrime is much safer and easier with a much larger payout from the criminal's perspective, which is why there's been such an increase. All of this is to tell you that, yes, this is real and it is important and it has a big impact. Many of you have heard the stories about wire transfers that are scams. So what do you need to do? There are a number of steps you can take to reduce the likelihood of having your email account compromised. First, turn on two-factor authentication everywhere you can. This may seem like a hassle because it is an extra step every time you go to log into something, but using two-factor authentication is an easy way to ensure no one else can log into your accounts, even if they end up with your password. Second, make sure you have complex passwords that you do not reuse. Again, yes, this can be a pain because you have to remember what password or phrase you use for which account, but you can always use a password manager that helps you do just that. Also, try to avoid free web-based email accounts for business purposes. While they are convenient, they don't provide the same level of security and are ones that hackers tend to target. You also want to talk to your clients. And we know that many of you have added language to your emails about wire transfer fraud, but let's be honest, it's at the end of your emails and your clients aren't likely reading that far down. Yes, so talk to them about the fact that there are scammers out there who may spoof an email address and send them instructions that look legitimate. And that if they receive an email with instructions that tell them to change or do something different, 
they should call the person sending them the email using a phone number that they have from before. That's right. Because the scammer is going to put a phone number that goes directly to them in the email that's changing the instructions. And they should also use the phone to verify initial wiring instructions just to be safe. You also want to make sure that you keep all software on all of your devices up to date. I know that it can be annoying and is almost always at the most inconvenient time that you get the notification that there's a software update. But a vast majority of the software updates on your devices are aimed at removing vulnerabilities that could allow hackers in more easily. You also want to stay on top of data breaches that you may not immediately think impact you. For example, when Orbitz experienced a data breach, hackers got a lot of information about individuals, which helps them make their scams look way more legitimate. If you get an email from someone that references their recent vacation in Mexico, where they stayed at XYZ Hotel last month, you're going to feel more confident that it's really that person emailing you, aren't you? When there's a truly big data breach, it's going to make the news. But you can also check the Identity Theft Resource Center at idtheftcenter.org. This is a nonprofit that reports on all known data breaches, regardless of the size of the breach. All right, so we've talked about what you can do in advance, but what should you do if the worst does happen? First, if you discover that your email account has been compromised, you want to immediately change your password. And if you did use that password anywhere else, no judgment, but you want to make sure that you go change those accounts too. So if you or your client is a victim of a financial scam, including a wire transfer, you should immediately contact the financial institution and ask for a wire recall. This will notify both financial institutions that there is a fraudulent wire transfer and the bank that is receiving the money will usually freeze the account that the money was going into. There generally isn't any money in the account, but if there is, it will be inaccessible to the scammer. You also want to contact your local FBI office and file a complaint with IC3.gov. When wire fraud is reported to the FBI within three days, they have a 74% recovery rate when it's within the US. It is harder to get money that has been wired abroad back though. Well, not directly tied to avoiding data breaches or responding when one has happened, there are a few other things that you can do to help limit your risk. The first is to have a document retention policy and then actually follow that policy. In the event that you ever are dealing with a data breach, you've limited the scope of people impacted by deleting data you don't need after a certain point. And if you don't have cyber insurance, talk to your broker and your insurance agent about what is available for you and whether that coverage helps with your own personal risk tolerance. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the law and ethics section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. 
We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2022. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.